Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. It comes to us instead from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. And I invite us, uh, you're free to look it up in your Bible, or I invite you to simply listen to our scripture reading. Let us listen to God's holy word. Then someone came to him, Jesus, and said, Teacher, teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said, I know now for the uh, 15th time, perhaps, I found myself in a little bit of a haze with everything that's going on in the world with the rapport of the ocean currents that sustain our world, our life, that they're at risk of shutting down. There's the devastation from the earthquake that hit Haiti yesterday. There's the threat to women and children and other innocents' lives in places like Afghanistan. Then you have the flight of refugees from countries hit hard by drug cartels or corrupt governments. Seems like a lot hit the fan this week. The world is facing many crises, and all the while we here at home seem to be racing to the stars and arguing about life-saving treatments that other countries dream they could have. Perhaps saying I'm in a haze is putting it mildly. But it did draw me back to this passage from the Gospel of Matthew that, if you remember, was the very first passage we read on our first virtual 
Sunday worship of March 2020. And it was a challenge, a challenge to myself, to all of us, to see if we really learned anything this past year. Or if our shelves of empathy and love are still empty. But speaking of empty shelves, if you did join us in our first virtual service on March 13th, 2020, you might recall uh, this picture that I shared that was taken by my friend Michael Fargan of empty store shelves. 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, everything was crazy. People were hoarding everything they could get their hands on. I'm not even sure if you can buy toilet paper yet because I still have the big box of it I'm still going through. <laughs> I hope you can buy it now more easily. But you couldn't buy anything. You couldn't buy paper towels or toilet paper, bottled water, frozen foods, bread or milk, you name it. It seemed as though stores across the country were sold out of everything. It seemed almost like we were driven by this mad impulse to buy, 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 store some away, buy again in this cycle of consuming and hoarding. Certainly, of course, this vicious cycle only highlighted the gap between people in our community. As things slowed down, though, and as we all seemed to get the hang of pandemic living, pastors and other spiritual leaders and teachers, psychologists, you name it, wondered if this might have been the time of quiet that we needed, the time of quiet that our hearts needed to soothe out our war ready hearts. And it did, I think. I really believe it did for a while. Until those murmurings began. People who thought that they were entitled to certain freedoms, freedoms that placed themselves in higher positions of authority. It didn't matter what was good for you or me for us as a whole, they were only focused on what was good for themselves. I wonder if these are questions that went through the young man's head, the one who came to see Jesus. I wonder if he was asking himself these things. Of course, the rich young man or the young man who came to see Jesus wasn't setting out in life to do harm or cause harm to other people. But we find that he wrestled with the same thing that many here at home faced. Some couldn't overcome. The thought of sacrificing anything they owned or the idea of giving up any kind of personal liberty to protect their neighbor was too much to bear. It seems like we're at this pivotal moment again, my friends, 
of asking if whether we can muster the strength inside of us to sacrifice. To sacrifice once again, if needed, out of love. Love not only for ourselves, love not only to God, but love for the sake of loving others, of loving this good earth, to sacrifice for the sake of love for those who are to come after us. I wonder if these were questions the young man was also wrestling with. But we only hear one question that he asked Jesus this morning. What good thing might I do to gain eternal life? At first, it seems like an innocent question, but it's inherently flawed. The young man comes to Jesus asking what good deed merits eternal life. But that's the problem. That's the problem. Jesus doesn't expect one thing or a checklist of things to get done. Jesus expects whoever asks this question to have a heart that is willing to embark on a spiritual and physical journey. One where Jesus begins to value or truly values those persons who allow themselves to be transformed by the sacrificial love of God so that they themselves might be sacrificial embodiments of God's love. It's not a one-and-done type deal. When I think of the young man's question to Jesus, I can't help but think of something, and I don't know if there's a term for it already, but I can't help but think of something I would call yard sign activism or yard sign Christianity. Yes, yes, you can certainly set up in your front yard a sign, a sign that says you advocate for the environment, for the poor, the marginalized. You could put up a sign that says you support your friend who's a marathon runner or a cyclist. But planting a sign isn't transformative. It's not a one-and-done kind of thing that you can do and forget about it until your neighbors knock on your door and hand you your sign back because the wind took it away or you just forgot about it. Jesus isn't looking for us to take the easy way of checking off on a list something we have to do that merits eternal life. Jesus is looking for us to take action, action that is in the form of sacrificial love, to give a little bit of our comfort here in the present day for one another so that it might have more of an impact than we could ever know. Jesus is looking for us to not get hung up on what we need to do on a checklist and forget about everything else that happens in the gospel. Jesus is looking for us to say, yes, yes, I want to be transformed. I want my life to be different. I want my life to reflect the healing hands of God, the peacemaking hands of God. 
the compassionate and justice-filled hands of God. (laughs) But if our hands are only putting in lawn signs, then, friends, we won't really be transformed. It might be a matter of perspective at the end of the day when it comes to the young man's question and ourselves. Coming back to that picture of the empty shelves, we might have a lot like the young man who came to see Jesus, but we might find our shelves are just as empty as a pandemic-stricken store, void of the virtues that God cherishes the most. And on the other hand, we might have very little in terms of material goods, yet find that our shelves are overflowing with generosity, with patience and love. As we look back on this past year, and as I post this question to you last year, how have you used this time to nurture your heart? In what way have you allowed or not allowed yourselves to be transformed? Have you used it to contemplate the ways that you might be a life giver? Or has this been a time of trying to find shortcuts or an easy fix so that the short-term inconveniences don't have to be addressed. I think any coach or therapist or teacher or pastor even would remind us that hard work is always the best way if we want to see results. That there's no pill you can take, there's no drug you can take, no shortcut in life we can take the bypass, that hard inner and outer work that needs to be done. And yes, it is hard work that Jesus expects from us, that often demands a sacrifice either of our time, of our resources, or our comfort, or convenience, or anything else we might hold on to and refuse to give up. So what have you used this last year doing? If you're still not sure, I think this is where the good news is. Because at the end of this passage today is what I think is most intriguing. That yes, it tells us the rich young man or the young man who had many possessions went away sad. The young man went away sad, but we don't have to. We don't have to go away downtrodden. We might instead have found when we looked around to see the crises that surround us that we were moved by that. And instead of pulling up this sludge of 
greed or malice or contempt or bitterness from our hearts, we might find instead that we pull out an abundance of charity and grace and love that we did not know was even there. Grace and charity and love that takes us through the rigorous work of following in Christ's footsteps to the place where transformation happens. And the shelves of things we thought were lacking might not seem so empty after all. And in fact, we might have more than enough, even enough to share. I don't expect us to solve these global crises or crises at home overnight. Though, yes, I still always pray for a miracle. But what I do hope and what I believe Jesus expects from us is that we say, yes, I will follow. That I will give up a little bit of my comfort or my time or my energy of my resources to embark on this pathway of sacrificial love. That in the giving of ourselves, we open ourselves to others to see the places in our world, the people in our world who are also hurting. And then instead of sticking up a yard sign, we might be inspired to roll up our sleeves and offer a much-needed tool or a kind word or help as we pull together in building one another up. We have the choice to not go away feeling sad or fearful or angry or bitter like the young man. We do have the choice to embrace the life of love that Christ sets in front of us. We just have to be willing to see how it will transform us and change us. May we be so bold to embark on that journey. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.